The Illuminati, despite being thought of in most of popular culture as the group responsible for all major events on the planet, was a Bavarian secret society which only formally existed for a decade from 1776 to 1785. The group's initial purpose was to come to political power and rule with reason and values with a strong focus on philanthropy. The Illuminati used symbols, pseudonyms, and other methods to keep their identities and plans a secret, plans which would later be found to include the takeover and control of all world events. However, it is believed that the group failed to achieve its mission of becoming the long-lasting global manipulative force it's believed to be by many, with an estimated membership of only between 650 to 2,500 members at its peak, which was mostly achieved by becoming a sleeper cell in other groups, such as the Freemasons, and using their lodges to recruit their own members. The group ended in 1785 following a decree from Carl Theodore, Duke of Bavaria, which outlawed secret societies and implemented serious punishments for those who were found to be their members. Most historians agree this was the end for the Illuminati. However, throughout the world, their legend lives on, with many claiming the secret society still exists. Its members are rumored to range from U.S. presidents to rappers Jay-Z and Kanye West, both of whom have publicly denied these accusations. Which is exactly what a member of the Illuminati would say. But there was another rapper who in 1996 had a posthumous release which sought to kill the Illuminati and really any rapper from the East Coast who was popular in the 90s and also some West Coast rappers. Pretty much anyone else who is famous. We review Tupac's not Tupac album, Machiavelli, the Don Illuminati, the Seven Day Theory. This week on... Welcome to Gold Don't Rust, the only podcast about hip-hop that puts your nostalgia on trial. My name is Pat Llewellyn. And now we need for the show to begin. It's me and my co-host. <laughs> we have with us as always... <laughs> the suburban dope himself. I call him the prom oh, king. Oh, that's so funny. He's the newest father on this podcast. It's Andrew Barrow. Yo, what's good, bro? It's Dr- Drew Illuminati. That shit just threw me Drew off. Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> threw me off. <laughs> that was oh, great, man. man. Holy shit, that was funny. And of course, with us, as always, it is everyone's favorite curmudgeon. You should know him as King Petty. It's Rick Strip Jr. What's good, y'all? It's Riccavelli tonight. Riccavelli. Yeah. Riccavelli. Drew Minotti. What am I? Uh, you're two pat. Two pat. Jesus 
That's funny. Because they I can't, feel like they that, can't all be like, gold, all right? I feel like that suits him. I mean, that, that one worked. That one worked. That was really good. Oh, God. Well, today I we are discussing... Perfect. We are discussing the longest title for an album and everything mixed together. Machiavelli, the Don Columinati, mm-hmm. the Seven Day Theory, the Tongue Twister. Yes, we are. Tupac Shakur, not Tupac Shakur. But still Tupac Shakur, but Machiavelli, the Don, Columinati. At least you're making it very clear. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm letting everybody know what it is so we understand up top. Yes. What's going on? And if you look at the cover, it's also Jesus, Tupac, Machiavelli, the Don, Columinati. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's some imagery. There's some some things. There's a lot going on. So, Rick, you want to give us the background information? Let's get into this guy. I would love to. This was released November 5th of 1996, so this album is now 25 years old. Death Row, Interscope Records, of course. It was the fifth studio album by Tupac. The first one released posthumously. It came out about two months after he was killed. The mm-hmm. one and only release he did as Machiavelli. Mm-hmm. Peaked at number one on the charts, 664,000 week one. Yeah, makes sense. Big sales. Question, a question about the thing was Machiavelli. Yeah. Was he changing his name to Machiavelli the Don? Like it to me, it so, seems yeah, like that's the kinda album what title is not right. Like it should be Machiavelli the Don, right. and the album's called Columinati. You the are Seven correct. That's part of my uh, background notes here. Oh, okay, okay. He was just calling himself Machiavelli the Don all over that thing. Right. He started on All Eyes on Me. Actually, this went four times platinum. Yeah, it makes his best-selling album besides All Eyes on Me and the Greatest Hits, if you count that. Mm-hmm. There were three singles. Toss it up. To Live and Die in L.A. and Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. Called the Seven Day Theory because it was finished in seven days from start of nothing to final mix and master in August of 96, so about a month before he died. The lyrics were written and recorded by Pac in just three days. So it was initially supposed to be called, the artist was supposed to be Machiavelli the Don, and the album was just going to be called The Three Day Theory. There's some stories that differ about who and when the name changed. Mm-hmm. So while this was technically a posthumous release, it was entirely recorded. And as far as anyone knows or has said, it was all exactly how Pac wanted it to be, except for the album name. Part of why he released it not as Tupac is he did not want this to be a major release, like, available everywhere. He was kind of thinking it was, like, he wanted it to be like a mom-and-pop release type thing. So that's that was the only thing that's kind of against what what he had planned for it. Of course, it's got the famous album cover, the right. imagery yeah. of Pac Crucifix. being crucified. Yes. Fun little that's side really, thing. That's like, that's really that's a bold statement to make about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Sure was. Like if you're putting yourself like, a, like an image of yourself on a crucifix, like you have some kind of complex. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's wrong varying there stories about what that. he was going for there, but we'll get into right. that with some of the music. Right. Fun Just little side thing art. about the artwork. Mm-hmm. You guys and anyone listening should Google and try and find the original back cover artwork, which they didn't end up using at all. But the back cover was cartoons of Biggie as a pig and Puffy as a ballerina. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this was also, this was Pac's third of his three album that contract to Death Row. And the rumor was he was doing this to fulfill his contract and he was going to move on from Death Row after this. Yes. Right. Sounds exactly like that on the album. Yeah, and the only other background I had was a quick thing about who Machiavelli was. When Pac was in prison 
for his sexual assault thing for nine months or whatever. He did a lot of reading, including reading a book called The Prince, written by Niccolo Machiavelli. Yeah, I know The Prince. I know The Prince. The Prince is the fucking book that's like people who are like, you need to just take power. Right. You have to take power and maintain it and defend your throne with blood. Like, that shit. Right. And it also had a lot to do with why people... It helped feed into why people thought Puck wasn't actually dead because part of the story in Machiavelli is about a guy who faked his death and all this stuff. So. Right, right, yeah. So yeah, that's the background. I'm aware. Happy 25 years to Machiavelli. Happy 25 years to Machiavelli. Wow. 25. All right, well, now we should do what we always do, and we should, we should give our personal backgrounds with this album. And today we begin with Andrew Barrow. I have I have no background with this album. I didn't. I've never listened to it. Well, that surprises as, me, actually. As a as a whole, I've heard songs off this album throughout life for sure, but I've never listened to this album. I'm also not yeah. a Pac fan in a sense like, oh, I love his music. I love Tupac as an actor and like the person who he is more than anything. So that's why I know Tupac. So that's why I know some of these songs, but I never had interest in listening to this album, to be honest. Word. All right. All right. Rick, what do you got? What's your background here? A lot of nostalgia? I was very, 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 very heavy into this album when it came out. Um, I was in eighth grade. Me and the homie Steve that I've talked about a bunch of times were really, really into the West Coast gangsta shit at that time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much only listened to like Chronic and Doggy Style all the time. The big Pac fan, All Eyes on Me was a heavy rotation for me. All Eyes on Me is very good. Yeah, and I remember when this came out, Steve got the CD the Tuesday it came out. And that weekend, I slept over at his house Friday night after school. I went over and had dinner. And specifically, we planned to sleep over just to listen to Machiavelli over and over and over. It had me, like, to the point where I was so into it, I, I like, hated Big J Nas for, like, three months because Pac hated him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I've played. <laughs> it's not something I've played a lot since then throughout my life. Like, right. you know, I, w- I was a big Pac fan as an eighth grader, ninth grader. I still have a lot of appreciation for him, but he no longer remains anywhere near my top of MC's list. But uh, I remember this being my favorite Pac album then, and it's pretty much still is, but we'll get to that. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, As for me, I also have no relationship to this album. I have next to no relationship with Tupac in general. I've never seen a movie that's had Tupac in it. I've I've never seen them. I've that's very white. Barely, I'm not even gonna lie. Barely, so it's so white of you. I honestly, (laughs) Drew, as a white guy, I think it's whiter for a white guy to be like, I love hip hop. I love Tupac and Biggie. (laughs) That is Jay Z. (laughs) I love hip hop. 90s 90s hip hop. I love that stuff. That's actually. I think I think that's whiter than honestly being like. I was listening to other dope hip hop shit and Tupac didn't come across my radar like that at any point. Right. And everything I heard from him, I was always like, this is like, this is fine enough, but I don't, I don't want to dig. And I've listened to Tupac over the years. I've, I know his, I know his songs. I know his hits. I've listened to all eyes on me. Like I know, I know him, but this one, I was always like the, the cover. I was always like, I don't want to get into that. 
I don't feel like that's the, the one. The cover's I want definitely to jump very off-putting. It's like to, to Tupac, mm. but I feel like other Tupac out outside of this album, other Tupac that I've heard, I like more than this stuff, and we'll we'll get into it. I think Pac's kind of an interesting case study, which this is kind of backed up by both what both you guys just said, real quick. But of course, he still gets his respect uh, as an artist and as an MC and whatever else amongst hip hop heads in the hip hop community. But Pac because of how how much of his music draws on his emotion and how intense he was, Pac's not really a guy that, like, new, younger hip-hop fans ever really go back to and say, like, Pac's my favorite MC. Like, that happens a lot with Biggie and a lot of old-school guys, but yes, you, you almost had to be there when Pac was alive and big to really, it feels like to really appreciate him fully because so much of his, his artistry is context to me. Yes, it was. That definitely makes sense. That makes sense. complete yeah. sense. The music standing on its own, as we start to go through this track by track, in my opinion, the music on its own legs, for someone who has no relationship to this record, it's, it's rough to listen to. Well, let's rough. get into it then. Yeah, let's, let's get, get, into, get it. into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. First track, Bomb First, My Second Reply, featuring Outlaws. First off, every single feature on this album, who are you? Get off the album. It's, it's all the outlaws. Uh, they're Jersey dudes. And they were they're okay. Not, they're not good, though. They're not good. I agree a thousand percent. Okay, okay. Except for a few times on this album. I think this is the best they've ever sounded, ever. This is the only time I've only I, I've ever heard them because they're, yeah, they're, they're better terrible. off their names. You're better off. <laughs> um, <laughs> this album also did not have a lot of big name production nor any big name production at all it sounds that obviously. way it sounds that obviously way. yeah i actually really obviously. like this intro i love it as a setting the tone i love how it starts off with the, the talking like a fake news report i really don't yeah the fake news report was interesting i also what i always loved about Pac, and this is part of a bunch of things that I'll bring up that like context is important and, and having been there for it. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot of East West beef obviously going on heavy, but there was also a lot of like people afraid to say names and actually come out and diss people. 100%. And Pac was not yeah. that guy. No, he, yeah, no, he was, doesn't give a fuck. He did not give a fuck right away. If you even ever say anything bad about West coast hip hop, which he disses an artist later on that, all they ever said was that they thought the West wasn't as good as the East. And Pac was like, well, I hope you die now. I'm going to rap about it. Yeah, that's, that's too much. See, I love the intensity of this. I love how little fucks Pac gives or gave. Um, but did it really work out for him in the end? Well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like, there's consequences to putting this energy in the world. Absolutely. There is. There's also the really interesting first thing you hear always added to people saying, Pac faked his death because it sounds like Pac's voice saying Suge shot me. It sounds like that. And people, I remember the internet when the internet first got big, like that was a theory forever that he was giving clues all over this album. Chappelle did a skit about it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's the one funny one before he stopped filming season three. I also kind of like that when he names everybody he's dissing in the intro, other than Nas, he, he gives them all fake names. Like he calls mob sleep and notorious PIG. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I like this energy. They're just, they're just cheap bars. Bruh, I'm not even going to lie. Off rip, I said, oh, this album's about to be angry. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's and he's letting it be known how he feels right away. He wasted no time. Which as an MC and like, you know, from a hip hop perspective, tough. It's, right. it's, it's definitely, it, it's good. But the bars are not great. It's just the aggression Whoa. of it all. That's kind of the first thing I noticed listening to this back for this episode is that I never really thought Pac was the best lyricist. And I don't think anybody ever really did. I don't think so either. But He's few really people not. ever had the, the emotion and um, the intensity. Gusto. To be able to deliver, and you really feel like he's. I'm gonna point. I'm. I'm gonna point to this though, because this is. I think this adds to it. It's the way they produce his vocals. So the way Pac's vocals is, are produced, I hate it. Noticing what it is, and I think once you notice what it is, it's not good. It's like quadrupled. Yeah. At every single yeah. point, and they're all different from one another. Right. It sounds like he's rhyming with a mouthful of peanut butter all the time because there's four different tracks going on it sounds like shit why do and they this do beat also doesn't sound good sonically the sounds are fucking corny i have a theory about why they did that and and maybe you know better than me if this makes sense pat because you know music that are like recording and stuff better than i do but mm-hmm. so the guy who produced co-produced this song with Pac, they called him big d him and this other guy who did a few tracks called hurt him bad were death row producers, but they were like the nobodies of the camp. Okay. And they actually were brought on to do some of death row's R&B stuff. Okay. And Pac just got okay. into this, this zone and really wanted to make this album like right fucking now. And none of the guys he usually work with were available or around. So he just went down to the room where these guys were working and said, you guys come with me. We're going to make a fucking hip hop album. So I don't think right. these guys had any idea how to record hip hop. And I feel like the layers of vocals is more of a singing thing. Is that it, it is more of a singing thing, but it also feels very intentional to deliver that energy. Well, for that, sure. Yeah, that emotion absolutely. that you yeah. hear is yeah. it's easier to do that with that many layers. It just doesn't sound good though. Right. No. And I also think it's, the fact that it, he it, didn't it want this to be a major so like hard major release also might have something to do with that too. I think they wanted it to sound like like a shitty they wanted it to sound bad underground yeah sure. underground but yeah. it doesn't sound underground it sounds it doesn't sound good it sounds intentionally underground it sounds like exactly what you just said it sounds like he got these two nobody producers who yeah. were like okay how you turn this on they were literally in a part of the death row studios that they used to call the whack room because mm-hmm. all the MCs hated that those dudes were there to make R&B right and he just went down and the said he said you guys are here Let's fucking go. The whack room. Like, Pac I mean, has co-producing wow. credit on almost every beat year, and I didn't know he was making beats. So either he was transitioning to, or he just had to help these guys because they weren't hip-hop He producers. had to help them because they yeah. had no idea what the fuck they were doing, bro. And so it's, yeah, it's, I, you I, can hear I like it. the energy of this intro. It's not the best song on the album. Uh, the beat's weird. Yeah. I, and it's just all, all the lyrics are just the same kind of thing. I, I also have here the length of all of these songs, this song is four minutes and 57 <laughs> seconds. Maybe <laughs> three minutes and 30 seconds of that is the song. Is the song. The rest of it is someone talking over the beat and the hook for a minute and a half. And that is every goddamn song. That was kind of the style album. of the time. Longer songs. 
songs. But they're not longer songs for a reason. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he's but he's he's yeah, he 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 has a longer song because he's just like and another thing. Yeah. And and another thing. Yeah, another person I want and, to kill. And and also suck my dick. Yeah. And 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 also 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 suck his dick, suck his dick, and I fucked your bitch. And it's like, right. bro, okay, bro, okay, yeah. stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Stop, man. <laughs> I mean, he probably could have cut off the outlaws too. Oh, song gosh. Or just don't do it on every single song. There's no reason. Yeah. Uh, go no go reason. go to the next one. All right, go to the next the song. The next song's fantastic, Come though, and you can't tell me otherwise. I always like this song. This Personally, yes. This, I, don't, I don't like the hook, and it's it's five minutes and ten seconds. <laughs> Maybe three minutes and it thirty is long, seconds, I mean, and that is, is the song. song. So this is probably my favorite beat on the album, though. It's like two minutes. I think this beat I is like this haunting, beat and I love it. I've always loved it. Okay, he says in here that his he says his mom told him not to stop until he busts a nut. Can, yes. Has anyone's mom ever told them that? So it's no. Clearly, <laughs> what he meant was mom told me keep going until I get mine. He just until made I get it, mine. He just right. changed the wording of it because then he follows it up with "fuck the world." So he's making the bust a nut That's and problem. fuck parallel. Right. Well, my mom would never say that to me, and she would never say that to me. My parents, my, my parents probably would. Su- your mom would? Yeah, at this point, probably. At this point <laughs> in life? <laughs> um, I As do a think grown man? That, yes. So, good things about this song. His very first line has become so big in the culture that a lot of people don't even know it came from the opening line of a pop song. But the, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Yeah, is, revenge is the sweetest right. joy next to getting pussy. Some of my favorite ways to start a song off. I also love there's... The bar in the song where he says, I live my life a product made to crumble, much too hardened for a smile, way too crazy to be humble. I think that's a very, very good analysis of who Pac was. I really like this song. I think the hook is cool. I think it's catchy. I love the beat. This is one of the better songs in the album to me. It's one of the better ones. I always like this song. Hearing this song after the first song, I was like, Oh, dude, this album is fucking going dark. Like we're yeah. about to go yeah. dark, for, and I, I don't, I don't we're think I liked that. Dark. It was like, oh, this is about to get crazy. This, this, this song also kind of starts a lot of his religious um, references and parallels in this album. Yeah, it's so dark. Like I don't want this energy, though. I always kind of took it as him, him talking to his mom as if he's Jesus and his mom is Mary, right? Um, okay, That's like a like the line where he says. Mama checking in my bedroom. I ain't there. I always maybe I'm I'm overthinking it, but I always thought that was kind of like a reference to when Jesus was killed and buried, and then they opened it up and he wasn't there anymore. Because he does a lot of parallels to Christ and religious uh, maybe allegory that's what that here. is. Yeah, I don't think that's I a reach either. I think says. that's probably what he was going for. Yeah, what does Jesus say? Yeah, yeah, that's about Jesus. Yeah, that he is, yeah. wasn't in the tomb. Yep, that's yeah. what they said. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's deep. I mean, I like this song, man. I like it. I always did. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like it that much. And for me, like, whatever there is in the song, the fact that there's two minutes at the end, and then for a minute, there's someone doing a bad Jamaican patois. (laughs) That's fucked up for you to say. Why is this? No, that's a real, an actual dude who does that. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It is? Yeah. 
His name is Prince Prince something. Prince Atal. But it sounds really. It still sounds really bad. Well, I mean, he clearly is not a guy who should have been on a on a song. No, it just doesn't fit. But it is not. It's not a character. He's yeah, just like, a, yeah, he's, yeah, he's an actual person. Yeah. But, but it's there's just not there's things good, like though. that all over the place. Like it really does. If they wanted it to sound amateur, I won't even say underground. I'll say amateur. If they wanted it to sound amateur, they achieved it at a lot of points on this record. And you really don't and like it this. Really, what? <laughs> you really don't like this album, huh? No, I really <laughs> i I listened to this about seven times today, straight through the seven day theory notes without doing anything. Yeah, I I played it all day. And every time I listened to it, I got more and more annoyed. Again, it's fi- it's five minutes and ten seconds. The songs are very long. The song is like three minutes and fifteen seconds. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, there's right. a lot. Every song goes on forever. It goes on too long. It's, it's hard to listen to. But it also makes sense because, like you said, these producers, what the fuck are they doing, bro? They don't know what they're doing. No, and Pac just wants to yell and about his And he just wants to yell and, 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 and say, and another thing. It's not a good album thing. to listen to. And another thing. Yeah. I subjectively disagree with that last statement, but I get your point about the length. Like, songs like this that I've listened to throughout the years, I don't think I ever listened to it in its entirety. I pretty much get through the first, like, three minutes and then skip whatever's next to my playlist. It's, seriously, it's, it's yeah. rough. Which brings you to the next song, and I'm sorry, this is broke ass no diggity. So it's funny you say that. So toss it up, featuring Aaron Hall, Danny Boy, Casey, and JoJo, mm-hmm. produced by Demetrius Ship and Reggie Moore. Quick, oh no, amazing Demetrius well, Ship and Reggie Moore. Before I get into the actual song, quick, awesome, weird, small world side note: Demetrius Ship's son is now an actor. And he's actually the guy who ended up playing Pac in the biopic. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. And he's from, yeah, he's, and he's from LA and all that. Yep. So you call this a, a, a fake no diggity or a broke no diggity or whatever? A broke ass no diggity. This song literally was recorded to make fun of no diggity and use the exact no diggity beat originally. But somehow Blackstreet's camp got word of that before the album was pressed and put out. Yeah. And sent a cease and desist to death row and they changed the beat. Yeah. As they this was that's why there's a whole verse dissing Dre. That's why there's four guys on it singing, just like Blackstreet. This was meant as a no diggity parody. Oh, okay. And he did that on purpose, which which also makes sense now. But Blackstreet was like, yo, you're not about to fuck up our song, bro. But it's also about two minutes longer than the Blackstreet version. There's too much singing on it. I, there's just there's just cheese dick. I mean, in these no, no diggity is thing. a is a great, great song, right? And yeah. it's long, and it doesn't even matter because the rapping and everything is just good. This song right. gives you a great snapshot of Pac and how disjointed his brain was sometimes because it's a song about chicks, right? Toss it mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. but then right. there's a whole verse just diss and dry. And I get that it's because it was a no diggity right. thing, but like. It doesn't belong on this song at all. No. no. It does not belong there. It I will just... say, I, I actually love this beat. I love the, ooh, used as part of the beat. I think it's awesome. It still sounds like no diggity. I mean, the, the hook part is, let me see, like, I like the way you work it. No diggity. I want to bag it up. The hook yeah. on here is pretty much almost the same words. That's why you still get the same vibe. Yeah, but you don't get the same vibe, though. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. it's not it's not that. 
now that you're telling me that, it's like, oh, well, I, I, I already wasn't feeling the song, but now I don't like the song at all because you were trying yeah, to I don't do like that. Song. But again, it just goes to show Pac just, he didn't, he didn't care. He was like, yeah, write a song about the pitches. Oh, yeah. And also, fuck Dre. And I'm gonna do a whole verse about it, and it's like, wait, what are you, what are you doing, bro? Get back to the this song. This whole album sounds like cocaine, really. And if you think about it, this was the first single too, so he was really, and this was this single was released, I'm pretty sure before he passed, right? Like, or right after, but this was his That's intent crazy. for the first single. Like, he wanted to just come out and say "fuck Dre" on the radio, basically. Yeah, which is crazy. crazy. That's crazy. <sighs> God. He was really trying to like start a war low key out here. I don't know why anybody would want this energy. I don't understand. I enjoy right. it. But this why? next song is fucking beautiful. This is a good song, but also it doesn't fit in this album. It doesn't fit in this album. And I wrote on the top this of song my alone list of is songs, great. I wrote, I don't, I can do without every song unless otherwise noted. And this song says otherwise noted next to it. This one's fine. This song is actually almost entirely Pac creation himself. He, he wrote the chick's lyrics for the chorus and told her how to sing it. He told the guy, so this is produced by QD3, Quincy Jones' son. He told him exactly what he wanted for a sample. He wanted the beat. He made them go in and change some of the beat parts to live instrumentation. So if Pac was going towards production and this was the lane he was going, I'm sad we didn't get to hear more of it because I think this is a very, very, very good song. Like it is a well, good song. Well laid out. The beat is beautiful. The concept works perfectly. Yeah, it's 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 a great song, but it's like, why didn't you do that for this album? You didn't want to do that. Well, I think that's kind of kind of like what I just said about the last song. That the duality of Pac was always rather evident in his albums and songs, and none more than something like this being in the middle of bomb first and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's whiplashy for sure. And this is when I can take Pac. When Pac isn't in that, like, sounds like cocaine aggressive mode. Right. When he's not in that, I can get into his songs. And a lot of a lot of shit, a lot of his hits even. I don't dislike those songs. I think those songs are pretty good right. because they're they're accessible. When he when he gets that like manic aggressive energy, which is probably what got him shot. Yeah. If we're being honest about history here. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard to listen to. I don't want to hear that energy from anyone. This definitely is not only the more accessible version of Pac and the more palatable, it's probably the most fun version of Pac, even if he's not talking about fun things. Like, not that this song is is necessarily negative, but it's not really positive either. It's just kind of real. And Pac was always really good about giving you what was real. It's just sometimes what's real is not the energy you need for a song. But I think this is, it's one of my favorite Pac songs ever. Of course, he has to end it off with the California Love Part 2 without gay-ass Dre because he can't go a song without making fun of without somebody. saying that shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you have to say that in there, too? Like, and shit like that really doesn't age well. No. I just look at it humorously now, even though I guess it's not funny because it did lead to people being hurt and killed. Yeah, I mean, dude, this led to his death. It led to it's his not, death, bro. It's not humorous or this fun, album especially in retrospect. led to like, his death. This album is a man who is so arrogant and full of his own bullshit that he is going into, he's putting himself as Jesus on the cover, he's making Jesus comparisons, and he's throwing so many disses out that he probably, 
I mean, Drew said this is a theory, and I don't want to kill it, but Drew, you told me that you had a theory that making this album is what got him shot, right? You think that like this is what did it? Yeah, I think I think this album is what did it, bro. I think we should save that because there's a song later on where he touches on some things that are absolutely what led directly to him being killed. Yeah, this I I, I believe, but he was also just a very paranoid guy. Yeah, he was I having mean, a lot of issues with trusting anyone. Yeah. Not well mentally, man. Uh, he wasn't at all. No, no. But this song is beautiful. This song is good, but to on this album, it just does not fit at See, all. See, I, I know right away the next track you're not gonna like, Pat. But it's one yeah, of my blasphemy is. I like blasphemy. I like the tone switch from to live in now die in L A to this. I do think it's aggressive again, but it's it's intentionally kind of the dark side of religious beliefs and religion and shit like that. Like kind of the themes that were on Hail Mary and, and the right, album right. cover. The beginning is ac- an actual clip from an actual Bible show from the 80s. And actually, if you guys listen with headphones, the, the voice in the beginning, the regular voice is in one side, and then the overlaid, like, evil version of yeah, it is on the other side, which I is kind of yeah, yeah, cool. That. Again, it's just, it's all part of that sonic atmosphere of this album that's so chaotic when this... It's this kind of energy. Right. They're really going for that chaotic kind of nothing's really lining up and a lot of things are happening at once that are similar, but they're not the same. It's, it, it's unsettling. It is another thing where I think I always thought this song was, again, kind of him saying he's Jesus or the son of, like, remember what my papa yeah, told I me? Like I always yeah. took as like him saying, remember what my father, God, told me. Mm-hmm. Right. He's doing a lot of, there's a lot of just dark, Jesus talk here and this isn't this isn't where I want to hang out this is like one step above Ouija board talk to me like I'm not I think it's a little bit different vibe because I think if you paid close attention to it and if you knew a little bit about Pac and even if you read what it says on the album cover right like something about in no way is this a bad depiction of Jesus Christ or whatever Pac was a man of faith I wouldn't say a man of religion he didn't like organized religion but this song is kind of about being able to believe in God or follow religion when so much bad is happening in your life. And also him kind of addressing the fact that people didn't think he could be a man of God because of how he talked. And it, it's kind of his way of explaining it. I'm not sure he does a great job, but yeah, I know what he was going for here. Yeah, no, I didn't even get that out of him. No. I, I, I couldn't even tell what he was going for. To me, it sounded like just a, a mishmash of religious imagery and aggressive thoughts and delivery this album sounds like like it was made in seven days bro (laughs) yeah i mean it was that's what this album sounds like it's very very manic it's very kanye west it's all over the place yeah i could see that yeah yeah that's what it sounds like not as fun as kanye there's also a line in this song that is another thing that helped add to why people thought he was faking his death because he literally says brothers getting shot coming back resurrected so people always right. used to point to that right. as another example of why he wasn't dead. Yeah, but I think that's just him just talking. Of course. Yeah. And that line is exactly what I just said. It's dark and religious. Right. And that's, it just feels like those kind of sentences thrown together to me. This one, this one misses. The hook adds nothing. And again, the song's four and a half minutes. Three minutes of it is a song. The end is just more talking and shit. Like what? Every, not every song needs an intro and an outro with a song in the middle. Like it's yeah, it's we don't too, need that. It's not fun. 
It's not a fun listen. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not sure why Pac was doing that. Like an intro and an outro on every song, nigga. We need all that. I think he was probably trying to almost like make a movie out of it, right? Like, because it's a whole new character. I think he was trying to give you a but whole... But it doesn't sound that way if you're no. going to make the album in seven days, bro. Maybe if you want to sound yeah. like a movie, then you need to go in there for three months. If it's true that he was doing this just to fulfill his obligation and he really was about to leave death row, maybe he just rushed it to get out of it. We've seen that happen before. That's what I was about but to say. But then why make but a why, concept why make album? Them, yeah, but why make it a concept? Why not just throw some songs out there and just, you know, just fuck it. Is, the, is it a concept feels album? so manic. Is it a concept album? I don't know. It, 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 it might be. It sounds, this, this, this sounds like it might be like, this was like his I don't diss, think it is like at all. He wanted to like, I don't know if it was like his diss record album. It just no, because there's so like many songs just, that, I mean, we didn't get to all of them yet, but there's so right, many songs no, that don't fit it's that. It's called, it's called Machiavelli, the Don Columinati, the Seven Day Theory. Right. Even if it's not a concept album, you're presenting yourself as a concept record. No, as a I think character. it was just a new, a new, it's almost like Doom does Vince Vaughn or, or Vince Vaughn. I mean, Victor Vaughn. Victor, wow. Victor Vaughn. Um, yeah. Or like, you know, how, high. how that's all, that's all that is. You're just how high, Shock bro. G and Humpty Hump. Like, I think it was just a different, I think the character might've been a concept, but I don't consider this a concept album at all. It feels like a concept record. Three, three of the first four songs are completely different and don't follow a con. I mean, Toss It Up and To Live and Die in L.A. are nothing like Bomb First. No, I think it's his, maybe it's his attempt at it, but he's so fucking scatterbrained, it didn't come out that way. It just feels like a lot. Maybe he tried to do a concept, and maybe the concept could have been good. It could have, it, it would have been dark as shit, but it would have been good. And it would have been well executed, but this just wasn't well executed. And maybe, as to your point, he was just trying to get out of it. I don't take it that way, but I could see how people would think that. And I'm sorry. I don't care what style of music you play. I don't care if it's hip-hop. I don't care if it's indie rock. I don't care if you're a bluegrass band. I don't care what style of music you play. If you are calling your album Caluminati, you're making a concept statement. You don't just like I that. That's, that's not a just bit. a word you use as like a oh this album's just like a whatever. You're, you're giving it the most elaborate title. I it's, think you're it's, making a it's little pretentious. bit of a reach there. Maybe it's pretentious. I don't think it's a reach. It's certainly pretentious, and it's definitely like a guy who's like manic and paranoid, probably on drugs, having a serious god complex. Like it's it's weird. It's also a lot of we didn't it's get weird. to a lot of the songs that do it yet. But there's also a lot of like, and if you look at the album cover too, if you notice there's like cities written on the crucifix. Yeah. I think he also yeah. a lot of times was trying to represent people like him. Like he, I think more than religion on this album, a lot of it has to do with what it's like to be a black man in America in 1996, which he did a lot right. in a lot of his music. I but, mean, he was very vocal about that. I think, I think Tupac I mean, that's also, that's one of the reasons why I like him. He, I mean, his mom is a Black Panther. It makes right. complete sense. His stepdad why, was yeah, too. Right. Yeah, why right. he is who he is. <coughs> and then like with the acting and things like that. And like the next song, Life of an Outlaw, it's not a, it's not a dark song. No, but it yeah. just doesn't fit though. 
I like this song. And it's too. also like this song is mostly features, and every feature on this album. They're not yo, good, bro. Get off this album. So I don't think it's he should have had an outlaw, features. and it's featuring the outlaws. So clearly, it was intentional to showcase his voice. Cut. I really like this beat a lot, and I love the bass line on it. Uh, it's also weirdly, if you listen to the intro, if you go back and listen to Bomb First with this in your mind the beat slowed down in the beginning of the intro is this. And I always wondered why they use that. But yeah, the outlaws aren't the best, but no, I think this good. is, they sound good on this to me. This song sounds like it could have been on all eyes on me. Um, I like this song, but it would have been a bad song on all eyes on me. I don't know. I, I think it's the best beat on this album for sure. I mean, yeah, this these one, beats are this not one good. was, this one was fine. It's, I mean, every song is, even from Pac, and I've heard Pac do different things from this album, but on this album, he does the same thing consistently. It's the same flows, same content, same energy, same everything. Um, I've, heard him, I've heard him have more range, but this album, this I, record's pretty. I could see that delivery and range-wise. I don't think it's one-note content-wise, but we already disagreed I on that, so we're going to keep disagreeing on that. All right, well, this, this, is the, this is the right place for us to take our break of Ellie. <laughs> We're going to be right back with the rest of our discussion of Machiavelli, the Don Columinati, the Seven Day Theory. On... Today's episode of Gold Don't Rust is brought to you by the Gorilla Paws. Sean Price's estate has released a brand new house shoe for the culture. Yes. Yeah. AKA Gorilla Paws, house slippers. I mean, look, niggas love house slippers. Everybody loves house slippers. Is that true? Is that a thing? In- it is a thing. It really is. Because it's, it's, it's I'm going to be honest, but white people don't have house shoes. Uh, I bet you you have slippers, but you don't call them house shoes. And, 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 not, and if not, you have flip flops or slides at your house, you have them. But what better pair to have on for the nigga on the go, for the person that's, got, that's on the move? Put these on. They're comfortable. They're okay. warm. That's even better. And on top of that, they got steel toes in them. Steel I mean, toe on. slippers. Steel toe slippers, bro. So, they're, they're, so you, could fight, you can fight anybody at any given moment. I look, look, I got kids. I got a newborn. You got a kid. And sometimes you never know. Somebody, somebody just might try to test your gangster. They just might try mm. to. And it happens all the time when I'm with my kid. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it does. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have these on, if you so happen to have these on and somebody tests you, guess what? I bet you you'll feel safe because you got slippers that got steel toes in them. These are stomping nigga out slippers. I mean, what better, what better thing to have on your feet? And they're sold at your, at your local bodegas in New York, which is great. Fantastic. And they're also sold in Old Navy. In Old Navy? Yeah, Old Navy. I'm not sure how Old Navy got this deal. That's a weird licensing deal. How they, how they set that up, but they, they are up there and they are not expensive. And that's how I know these slippers are for everybody because they're in Old Navy. I don't know people that shop at Old Navy. I don't, but I know <laughs> that <laughs> niggas are going to have these on 
when they go to the bodega, it's like they're going to look in the bin and be like, oh, shit, are these slippers? Oh, Sean Price slippers? Oh, I'm wearing these. It's a done deal. It's simple. So go to your local bodega or go to your local Old Navy. Yes. And pick up a pick up a pair of Sean Price's house shoes. Yes. The Gorilla Paws. The Gorilla Paws, man. And stomp a nigga out today. Yo, what's going on, man? Andrew Barrow. Welcome back to Go Dome Russ. Yes, sir. I'm here with Pat, with yo, Rick. Yo. And, yo. Uh, you know, we're just talking about Tupac, just trying to figure out why he's so angry. And, <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, bro, we can, we can just keep on talking about it, but this man was definitely angry at this time, and it shows. Yeah. It's a little and different than the was, uh, I get around Tupac, huh? Yeah, for a sure. Lot, yeah, very, very much so. This is it's a, much a Tupac different that I'm energy. just like, I don't think I want to listen to this Tupac. This shit is, ugh. that's what it yeah. sounds like. So let's get back to it. Right, listen to nicer Tupac. Yeah, let's get let's get back into this now. Yes. We have a D-list posse cut about sex. It's just like Daddy. This, unsurprisingly was not originally recorded for this album. This is the only one I couldn't find out if Pac wanted it to be here or not, but it was originally just an Outlaw song for their album because he was telling them that their music was too one note because all their shit is just thug shit. So Mm -hmm. he was kind of trying to tell them, this is how you'd break it up. Make a song for the bitches. And this was like his teaching moment. So I kind of feel like maybe he didn't intend for this to be on this record. It's not a very good song. No, it's not. No. Uh, the, the hook's not good. The song's about having a sugar baby. That's I do kind of like Pac singing on the hook, sure. though. The hook's not good in itself, but I like how he sounds, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the beat's not bad. There's good atmosphere in this beat. There's good attention to detail on the sounds. So this one, I don't have the same complaint about a lot of the beats where it's just sloppy, shitty sounds thrown together. This one sounds purposeful. You know, there's some prop, there's some problematic shit in here though. Like you of be course. screaming, like you be screaming, like you dying every time I'm fucking you is a weird, is a weird line. I mean, yeah. these guys uh, were not, not, um, you know, they're not, they weren't soft guys. They weren't gentlemen. No, no, they were not. I guess no. aren't. I think all the outlaws are still alive. This song makes me a little bit upset because I kind of like Pac when he's in this bag. Like, he has some songs, like, I mean, of course, something like I Get Around, but that's more playful, but, like, Temptations and songs like that. Like, I, I kind of liked when Pac got his kind of sexy vibe on, for right. lack of a better term. But I don't think this is a good example of that, which is why I kind of feel like he was just, this was almost like supposed to be a show track, like he was just helping them. What I have in my notes, in big parentheses, because I wrote, it's... This album was made in seven days, bro. And it sounds it sounds that way, bro. Yeah. And I could not I, right. but for me right. listening to this album, for me, for me, listening to this album, hearing how it sounds, hearing the background of it now, and it, it for me it's it 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 kind of makes me mad because it's like, oh, 
That's why. That's why that sounds like that. That's why. Okay. Okay. That's why that's going on. Because like rushed this, almost. Yes. Yeah. Completely. Completely. And I don't think you know, like you said, it's like you know, it's it's it's, it's too. It's just too much going on. But it it sounds like what you said. He went to the room and was just like, yeah. "All right, y'all, we're gonna make an album." And they were just and they were and they were and they were in there like smoking and they were like, "Wait." I'm high. What do did he just say we're gonna make an album? And then and then and the other guy was like, bro, I don't know how to fucking make an album. I don't even know how to turn that thing on. Some of the problem with some of these songs being long too, I think, is like kind of the product of having a crew of dudes you're working with that there's so many of them because it's like I think there's six outlaws, maybe five. Right. I think there's six though. There's at least at least five. But like if you're making songs featuring the outlaws or or even if it's songs that's you know, supposed to be there on their project like this. Right. You can't really cut anybody off. But then you end up having a long fucking, it's like D12 songs. Like, yeah, yeah, but really, it's like, and no but songs again, aren't good. this song is five minutes and seven seconds, right. but the song is only <laughs> three and a half minutes. I wish you had done the full math of what percentage of this album is done. <laughs> It just bothers me so much. Like it's not uh, even the fact that there's so many guys on it that they have to fill so much space with no, verses. Yeah, I mean, fucking every Wu-Tang, song hello. ends with two minutes of a beat with a hook and someone saying something. They yeah, certainly could have. There's so much filler. There's so much garbage way, on this. There's yeah, so like much they're fat. Not, they're just. They're not. They're not Wu Tang. You know what I'm saying? It's just fucking sloppy. It just feels sloppy. All right, the next song, crazy. This one's also otherwise noted for me. I, I don't hate I this. I like this song. I this song this is one. fine. I don't hate this one. Featuring Badass. Mm-hmm. It's the only non-Outlaws feature on this album. Uh, supposedly, it was just because Badass was hanging out in the studio and Pac wanted to get this song done and the Outlaws didn't have good enough verses. And he was like, Badass, you got anything? Let's go. And it was literally right. that simple. Right. It kind of sounds like it's just a sitting around smoking weed chatting song, but I kind of like that vibe. Conscious, right, but I like, like that conscious, though. yeah. And, like, this is the vibe from Pac. When Pac has this one, this Pac, I can listen to. Right. This uh, is good. Always. Because he's not, he's not bad at this either. He's not bad at this, like, semi-conversational, conscious, laid-back, maybe giving you something. Dropping little gems. With a little, little bit of wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll take that. I'll take that from Pac. I can listen to this. I also like, I like this hook. I think it's, it gets yeah, stuck in my good, head yeah. all the, the time. This is the Pac I like. This is the yeah, Pac the hook's that... good here. This is the Pac that we enjoy. The part Badass sings at the end of his verse. A million things run through my mind. You ain't got to be in jail to be due in time. That's been stuck in my head for fucking 25 years. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's also the only Badass rapping I've ever liked. I tried to get into him because of this album and never really fucked with it. Well. Yeah. I mean, it is I think that is. this one's, this song's a breath of fresh air. On this here. song is good. Yeah. This one's a breath of fresh air. Okay, let's keep it moving into the next one then, because we all agree that that one's pretty good. White Man's World. I don't like this song. No. It's uh, probably my least favorite song on the album. Mostly because of the... Con- like, maybe I'm being unfair to it, but it's probably not a good song either. But within the context of Pac's body of work, he did songs and concepts like this so much better than this one. Yeah, yeah. this one's lazy and not engaging. Yeah. It feels like it yeah. was 
it was like him writing, literally writing letters, like when he was in jail or something. Right. But it's not that the song is a concept about that. It literally feels like this was just pieces of letters he wrote. Yeah. Like it's almost lazy. You know, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like this album was made in seven days. <laughs> it sounds like this album was made in seven days, bro. <laughs> that's what it is. What it I'm is. telling you, that's what it is, bro. That's what bro. it is. That's honestly what it is. That's it. That's what it is. How this can you come up with a, how can days. you come up with a concept in 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 three days? Yeah. What kind of confused me in about this days. song if you like read into the lyrics, and it's kind of why I said it's not why it dis it disappoints me is because Pac's usually good at this. But so it's called White Man's World. And obviously there's references to the fact that being a black man in America is not easy. But then it also is kind of written to his mom and sister. Right. So I didn't really know if it was supposed to be like a, a African-American culture issue or just women, like black women in America. It's kind of right. not clear, which is no. very rare for Pac when he does stuff like this. Well, right. it's like, you know what was like Brenda a Got a Baby episode. is about. You know what Dear Mama is about. Like, right. you know, when he goes somewhere, he goes there all the way. And this one's kind of like. Right. Yeah, what do you kinda, It kind of right. sounds like the album was made in seven days. <laughs> it sounds like that. That's what it sounds like. That's kind of sounds I'm like saying. he wrote and recorded all these lyrics in three days. Yeah, this yes. is definitely my least. This is the one song that on multiple listens back I skipped. Yeah, it's yeah, not very it's, good. It's, it's not. It's not good. It's not a no. good song. All right, and then we got me and my girlfriend. This song is great. This song is good. So this is fine. It's what. You're crazy. It's fine enough. I, it's I remember a, it's a great one. concept song. I remember this one. So the it's about is, his gun. It's fun. Yes. I, yeah, I know. Fun side story. Pac admitted that it was inspired by Nas, I Gave You Power. Of course it was. That's tough. Um, here's the thing. Here's my, here's my problem with the lyrics here, though. It's a concept song about his gun, but it's not a metaphor. Like, he's calling it his girlfriend, but clearly his girlfriend is his gun. Like I clearly, think that's fully intentionally. It's not supposed to be a metaphor. It's supposed to be like I'm I'm such a fucking badass that literally I'm in love with my gun. See, and but like what I really don't like about this song either is that like he's saying the gun has an energy that it wants to shoot people, right? I don't like this personification of a gun like that because it's not just a concept. It's an actual personification of a weapon and giving right. it feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's weird, and I don't like it. I think it's kind of pointing to his, or at least the, the character whose girlfriend is a gun if it's not Pac himself. I think it's pointing to the mm -hmm. craziness of the mindset of someone who carries a gun and is ready, ready and willing to use it all the time. Right. That's what and, I, that, yeah, that's how, that's how I took it. It's, I mean, it, it, it's and a in that way, I think it's not... Well done. Yeah, it's 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 a concept that's honestly this concept is well done because that's what it is. It's who Pac is. Pac is just so fucking paranoid. Right, so that's you think how he it's feels. like you think it's like a self awareness thing about how it's bad that he has this, or is I think it like a, just a self awareness that he just does this and he's aware of it. I think it's more so like he's he's because this isn't a character. This is definitely no. He's him. he's projecting how he doesn't give a fuck and he's got his gun right. with him and he's willing to use it all the time. And I almost feel like the I way hate this what, energy. what you were saying about how he kind of is putting it on like the gun wants to kill. It's yeah. almost like him trying to justify to himself that he's not as bad as he thinks he is. Obviously, this song also had a long lasting impact in hip hop. Uh, Jay and Beyonce flipped the entire song to right. literally be me and my girlfriend. Right. Right. 
the Eminem song 97 Body and Clyde is yep. a direct reference to him saying 96 Body right. and Clyde or whatever he says. Just the two yeah. of us. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's a really good song. It's, I think it's a different, you know, there's been a few songs, I Gave You Power, Stray Bullet, like really the guns and bullets. It's a, it's a fun, different angle of it. Also, random thing that I read, because it was specifically inspired by I Gave You Power, I wanted to know how much of a Nas fan Pac was. And I reread that, of course, supposedly they squashed their beef and were supposed to hang out like a, a few days before Pac was killed. And also, supposedly, when Pac was shot, they were listening to It Was Written in the Car, which is right. interesting. Mm. But remember, Nas got that song when he literally talked about that. Right. Yeah. And then, and then I forgot and then, about that shit, yeah, though. That, that, I mean, that song, that song is. <laughs> Very well done, though. Of course. <laughs> well, I will say, I'll say, I will say one more thing about this song too before I move on to the next one. It's it's five minutes and eight seconds. So there's a lot of that chick yelling. And you know how long the song is, probably. Does anybody, does anybody else think that that chick kind of sounds like Little Kim? Like I always thought that was kind of intentional, but uh, maybe yeah, it's just he my pro- ears he hearing things. That, he probably did. She that was apparently course. just a she was just a death row receptionist, <laughs> right? Which is like a random. Chick. I believe. I believe it. Interesting. I believe it. Everything. Uh, everything about this album was done intentionally. So yeah, he did in that seven purposely. days. In, in in seven days, and it sounds like it was made in seven days. It does. <laughs> All right, which brings us to the next song, track eleven. We're almost there. Hold, Hold your head. head. Hold your head. The beat is cool. Song is okay. It's another kind of concept. It's like talking to his homies that are in jail. Um, right. So he specifically okay. mentions four names in here. He names Mumia Abu Jamal, which most people are familiar with. He right. mentions Geronimo Pratt, which is a name I was slightly familiar with. Another Black Panther who was in prison at the time. He mentions his right. stepdad, who was a Black Panther who was in prison at the time. And he mm-hmm. mentions one of the Outlaws members' dads, again, who was an imprisoned Black Panther. So this is kind of him speaking to the older gods that are stuck behind bars. Right. I'm talking to them. Fun fact about Pac's stepdad that I never knew what he was in jail for. Him and a couple other guys successfully robbed a Brinks truck of about $1.6 million. (laughs) However, in doing it, one of the security guards was killed. Right. Of course. Okay. That's like, that's they successfully completed the, the robbery. That's real life dead presidents right there. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking wow. dope. Only they, in, in mm-hmm. that movie they didn't make it. I still get so angry when I watch that movie. It's probably another movie Pat never saw. No, he probably never seen that shit. I never saw that. It no. was I think I've seen like plan, maybe a hundred movies in my lifetime. Bro, it was the perfect. <laughs> it was the perfect plan, man. It was so. It was perfect, and he right. fucked it all up. But anyway, go ahead. This song's just okay. It's it it's fine. It's easier to listen to the. Sonically, the vocal production is more controlled. Right. There's only like two vocal tracks going at once and they're doing the same thing. And the singing is less all over the place. Mm-hmm. It is still like cheese dicky. I mean, the hook is boring, but it's sparse. So the hook just kind of sounds like it's hold your head, which is more simple than most of the strange hooks on this record. It's fine. It's fine. See, but if you think about it now that we're almost done. We only have one track left. This is why I said early on that I wanted to wait to discuss a little bit about how you said this is a concept album. More than half the songs we discussed do not directly relate to each other, which is why I don't believe it's a concept album. 
maybe it was a concept character he was creating, but I don't believe the but album. But they all kind of relate to each other because he's still well, just like dissing people throughout yeah. it. And yeah, for sure. Just doing whatever and kind yeah, of talking do, I mean, about doing all but that. But I mean, this, yes. song is about, this song is about staying positive while you're in jail. The song before right. it was about a relationship with his gun. You know, you had right. the you had the just like daddy song. You have to right. live and die. There is some yeah, more variation on this. Concepts. Yeah, I guess it's, there's. Different I think concepts. what happens though with with the intense kind of negative energy, especially for you, Pat, but in general, sometimes even a couple songs like that hitting you the wrong way are going to give you a feeling about the whole album. But even in those other songs, when he's doing other things, he's still saying like. I shoot people in the head. Like he's still doing that in every song. Your point. I got a gun. I got a gun and shoot it if you talk bad. It's Tupac. It's I don't okay. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about your guns and religious imagery. I don't give a fuck, Tupac. I don't care. Uh, don't that was quite the impression, Pat. You know, oh, that, that was shit. so funny. So right. let's move on to the last song. Against all odds. I don't want to hear this shit. So this song, obviously. You guys is, talk about it. This song uh, is very much the energy that you're not into. Um, oh, man. Pac had said funny. in the studio, he said he wanted to end the album with a war song. That's what this is. Okay. This is him. Shut up with your a God war complex song. war song. I mean, shut up. Supposedly, he was so intense, he was punching and kicking shit in the studio while he yes. recorded this. I believe it. Um, That's drugs. So, wait. Now, yeah. what I wanted to talk about related to the album, not really related to we would relate or we would rate this album, but I think it's important to discuss since we brought it up earlier. Like you said, maybe this album or this energy is what led him to being killed, right? Mm hmm. So obviously he disses Nas on here. He actually disses De La Soul. Um, he disses Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Everybody. It's everybody. So the second verse, he's talking about a guy named Haitian Jack, which without getting into too much history of the time, Haitian Jack was a, was a real life gangster in New York who had some ties to Puffy and whatnot. And there was a time where Bad Boy was actually trying to sign Pac. And when, when Pac said no, pretty much, that kind of set this chain of events of these guys not liking him too much, including Haitian Jack, who was known to be muscle, supposedly for Puff. So apparently, Haitian Jack was involved in the incident that got Pac sent to jail for sexual assault, but was tried separately, which led Pac to think he snitched on him. Mm. And then ultimately, when Pac became good friends with Mike Tyson, this is all going somewhere, don't worry, mm -hmm. Tyson always believed that Haitian Jack set him up in his rape case. So they right. both started to believe that Haitian Jack was the reason both of them got sexual assault charges. So Pac became very, very vocal, both on record and on the streets, about his dislike and distaste and desire to harm Haitian Jack. Mm. But Haitian Jack was a motherfucker you didn't want to fuck with. Right. So Haitian Jack and his other boy, who Pac mentions, but I forget his name, are the ones who robbed Pac when Pac got shot in New York. Yeah, I was going to say in New York, yeah. Supposedly, uh, they were just trying to rob him and beat him up to send a message, but Pac went for his gun, which is how he ended up getting shot. So right. literally, right. Pac's discussing here what I believe <sighs> is what literally led to his death, is this talking shit about this person was maybe not the best okay. idea in the world. Yeah. Right. And he okay. literally says on this song, I'll probably be murdered for the shit I said. 
Well, maybe you were. Maybe you were. That's crazy. See, why do I want this energy? Why would I want it that way, though? Like, damn. And why would anybody want to listen to this record then? Like, I don't like this. I kind of like when he's dissing people, though, for no reason. Like, he he disses De La Soul because they made a video. Be creative. Do something fun. I think that is fun. Do something interesting. I think it's fun. I do. Be creative. I think it's a little fucked up. I'm pretty sure he's making fun of Fife Dog's health when he says flabby and sick. I don't like that. It's all cheap. It's all cheap. There's no depth here. This is cheap. I don't like it. It's mean. It's me. It's bad energy. It's tough to judge it out of the context of the time. Because at the time, that was the At the time, it was bad energy. But that was what was going on. And right, but why, why, but why feed it this much? It's like playing for the media. I don't like it. Who actually gives a fuck this much? Who actually cares this much? So I think Pac was getting this energy out to be done with it because we talked in the Bone Thugs episode. Out to get done with it. We talked in the Bone Thugs episode about how supposedly Bone Thugs were going to be making a whole album with Pac, right? Right. That was apparently a Pac plan. It wasn't just Bone Thugs. Nas was going to be on it. Scarface was going to be on it. Pac wanted to make this album called One Nation, where he wanted to squash all the East Coast, West Coast beef. It's kind of why at the beginning of this album, he says it's not about East or West. He was still fine with having beef with who he had beef with. But I think this was almost like a therapeutic, "Ah, one more time, let's be angry at motherfuckers before we move on to my next phase. And a lot of his posthumous music that has been released since kind of has a more positive turn to it. Yes. So I almost feel like this was Pac closing a chapter on his artist life. Or like starting a cult. (laughs) (laughs) It's the other way that can go pretty easily. All right. Do we have anything else to say about this song? Do we have anything else? No. 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 Drew, you got anything? No. Okay. So then that's Uh, going to... Hold on. I will say that I read that Nas cried the first time he heard this song. And that's kind of funny to me. I don't know why. (laughs) Because... I mean, I guess he was... he was probably like sad. Well, because they had, as far He's as like, Nas oh, this knew, this is why you got shot, you idiot. No, Nas but as far as Nas knew, they, squa- they had squashed their beef. Right, right. And then this came out two months after, when Nas had probably was feeling comfortable, knowing like oh, at least we made oh, up before he beef. died. And he's like, oh, and now no, he just right. said this though. And, and then, then it just, hit him. Yeah, it hit him. Oh, so supposedly Nas cried though, which is kind of funny to me. Right. I don't know so why it's funny. Mean. So like, a Tupac was so mean on this record, he made Nas cry after he died. I just picture Nas like That's running to his car like Red and Friday and someone being like, he gonna cry in the car. <laughs> he gonna cry in the car. Yeah. And he cry I'm in not the car. crying. I'm not, I'm not crying. crying. Shut up. I'm not crying, man. I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm not crying. All right. So then that is going to wrap up our discussion on Machiavelli, the Don Columinati, the seven day theory. Now it's time to do what we always do on Gold Don't Rust and to give our final thoughts on this album and review it on the GDR proprietary order of rust to gold. And today we will begin with Andrew Barrow. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this album was made in seven days. <laughs> And it sounds like it was made in seven days. Uh, this album is dark. 
and it's unnecessary. I didn't need this album at all. Uh, I think Pac, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was just angry. I don't know. It sounds that way, though. I, 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 I don't want to hear Tupac like this. And this, this album, after listening to it and all that, it's very unfortunate because I think he made people angry and then they, and then they, they, they did what they did to him. And that's sad when you really think about it. That's fucking sad. Having said that, I may be like three songs on this album. The rest of it is just not good because it was made in seven days. So this album is a rust for me, bro. Wow. And, uh, and, I don't, and I don't say that to like make hip-hop fans like angry or mad because... No, you feel how you feel, bro. I'm a Tupac fan. You feel how you feel. I'm a Tupac fan, and I'm a little surprised that it's that just, low. But I just don't. I just don't like this. I don't like it. It's not all eyes on me, and it is not. It's not like his first album either. I just don't. I just don't want to do this because this this is the album that got him killed. Yeah. All right. So it's a rust from Drew. All right. yeah. Rust from Andrew Barrow. That's going to kick it over to Rick Strip Jr. All right. So as I said earlier, when this first came out, I was super into this. Um, I still think it's my favorite album of Pox. Uh, I used to say it was his best as well. I think it's probably not his best, but I do think it's still top two or three. There's three songs on here I don't like at all. I could do without. Just Like Daddy, I could do without. Hold your head, and I could definitely do without uh, White Man's World. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't think there's bad songs on here. And I also think that the energy you guys are getting is not as prevalent on the album as you feel like it is, but I get why you feel that way. But songs like Me and My Girlfriend, To Live and Die in LA, Hail Mary, Crazy, those are songs that I'll still listen to. That's four of the 12 tracks that I think are very, very good. And then that leaves, what, four or five left that I don't think are bad songs at all. None of them are really great, but I think there's more, to me, more good content on this album than bad. I understand some of your points about the sonicness and the feeling rushness of it, but I almost kind of like that. It feels like, I don't think it feels sloppy. I think it feels intentional. Maybe there wasn't some great choices with the vocal layering and all that, but um, I still like this album a lot. I definitely would have gave it a gold 20 years ago, 25 years ago. It's just a silver for me now, though. However, it's, okay. you know, there's parts of it that I could do without, but the, the highlights to me are enough to hold it up to silver because I still feel Pac's energy and I kind of still like where he comes from. All right. Okay. All right. And it gets a silver from Rick Strip Jr. I'm not mad which is time for my review. I, I listened to this album more than I normally listen to the ones that we do for this show. So I think that there is something about it that's captivating and it doesn't hold my attention for long, but it makes me want to look at it, right? The cover art to the energy to the 
imagery they create with the intros to things. The so much talking shit, the constant reference to violence and and sex and 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 just just putting out this this energy. The the whole thing is a car crash. And it really does feel like he's so arrogant towards the end of his life that people take him down for this because it almost does feel like he's like, all right, fuck everybody. I'm taking these people and they're going to be my rod or die. He says that all over this fucking thing. Who's ready to die for me? Like, you need to die for me. Like, it feels like he was kind of getting a God complex and maybe maybe one of the theories should be that people just had to take him down because maybe he was getting to be a little too much out here. The pride comes before the fall, right? And that's yeah. what this is, big time. So for me, it's hard to listen to. And I think in a lot of ways, it shouldn't have been put out. Because I feel like this kind of puts a weird, uh, a weird shadow on the end of Tupac's life. And otherwise, pretty good career. And I, so I really don't like this album. And I don't think it ever should have came out. At least not in the form that it did come out. So for what it does for me, for how I think about Tupac now, this is a rust from me. Uh, aside from the issues I have with the sonic feeling of everything, aside from everything else, what this makes me think about Tupac now in retrospect makes me hate this record. I don't want it. I can completely understand that. And it's two rust from you guys who weren't familiar with it at all, and a silver from me is probably largely nostalgia related if i'm being honest but it's hard for me to separate that all right well i think i think that's gonna do it for our discussion on machiavelli the don Columinati, the seven day theory i know you're so happy to not have to fucking say that whole title anymore it's a long title bro <laughs> i i plan on never even thinking about this one again <laughs> i'm good on all of it that's funny all right which is going to bring us to a segment on Gold Don't Rust. And today, because we are discussing a Tupac album, we are going to play another edition of Tim Bob Barker. Do we remember the rules to Tim Bob Barker? Yes. This is the uh, views, and we have to say over, under, or whatever? Exactly. Or things it like is, views? It is YouTube views, Price is Right okay. rules. I will yes. give you a music video, and Got you it. need to tell me how many views... This music video has from a death row artist. These are all death row artists. Music are videos. Are they all the official death row page? These are the official page of the artists. Unless otherwise noted, I will tell you if it comes from a different channel, I have prepared this. Okay, cool. But they're all the official versions. They're just on the different channels. Got it, got it, okay. got it. These are all the official versions. So we have to do a coin flip of some sort to determine who goes first. All right. Someone call it in the air. Someone call it in the air. Heads. It is tails. Okay. All right. So, Drew, you get to go second here. That's the advantage. Unless he wants to go first. Do you want to go first? No. Second's second's the advantage. I'm trying to play head games (laughs) here, all right? Rick. How many views on Dr. Dre's official YouTube page does Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg still DRE have? 
That's a great song. 75 million. 75 million from Rick Strip Jr. Andrew Barrow, what is your guess for how many views? Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, still DRE. 100 million. 100 million. Drew, you get the point? Yeah, it's got to be huge, huh? Because this video has 957,326,611 views. It's almost it's a billion. To be a bi- it's almost about to be a, a billion. billion. Almost a billion. Sheesh. All right, now I know where we're at. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. Dude, death row, death row is huge still, I guess. See, that actually, that makes me happy because we've done these sometimes where I'm just like, what are people watching on YouTube? They're watching that, clearly. Well, good. Okay. So, Drew, you got the point. So that means Rick gets to go second on the next one. So, Drew, you go first. Okay. Okay. Drew, how many views... On Snoop Dogg's official YouTube page, does Gin and Juice have? <laughs> uh, 500 million. 500 million from Andrew Barrow, Rick Strip Jr. How See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a rhetorical question out loud just because I'm thinking it right now, but on Snoop's so is it on Snoop Dogg's official YouTube page? Yes, yeah, like it's Dogg the TV, Snoop Dogg channel. Snoop Dogg's Snoop Dogg's YouTube See, page. I wonder Snoop stuff TV. like this. So you also like have if to it consider was somewhere else first. Yeah, it didn't it's not from the 90s. It's been put up in recent years, but also That's kind of what I was thinking. Also, what we just did still DRE also right. came out years ago. So right, right. they've all been there for Gingy's at least a little years. older. He said 500 million. He said 500 million. I think it's less, and so I don't shoot myself in the foot. I'm going to do the cheap thing and say one view. All right. We are tied 1-1. Gin yeah. and Juice like has 31,753,230 oh, wow. views. Dang, so that's an older million. song. Yeah. And also, I think still DRE was like... That was like, uh, what, 2001? Plus, it was in movie. It was in um. It was in everything. Training day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that song has been like a TikTok uh, trend. It was. Yep. It was at one so point. So it doesn't surprise me that that one's so high. Gin and Juice does seem low to me, but yeah, that does seem. Okay. As we've seen with these YouTube views, sometimes they don't make no fucking sense. Sometimes so. they make no yeah, sense. They don't. Okay. That's one one. Yes. Drew goes Drew, first again, right? No, you go first. Because you got the point. Drew gets the advantage. Yeah, you got the point. Oh, right, right. Okay. Okay. So we start okay. with Rick. Rick. Here we go. How many views on Tupac's official YouTube page? Oh man, does changes have? Wow, changes. <clears throat> Not at all the Tupac we discussed tonight. The Tupac on changes. Tupac on changes is the one that's very listenable. Of course, yes. And that was after he died. It was probably mostly just on his page. That's a big song. I'm going to say 350 million. 350 million from Rick Strip Jr. Andrew Barrow. How many views do you think Tupac Changes has on Tupac's official YouTube page? Uh, mm. 
I don't even know if I want to go low or high. Well, you need to make a decision. 50 million. 50 million. Yeah, I think I went too high. Drew is up. 2 1. Yeah. Tupac yeah. changes has 236,523,357 mm. views. See, that's where them Price is Right rules come in handy for Drew, though. That's right. Yeah. That's why the advantage goes to the other yep. person after yep. a point. So now, Drew, you go first. Rick, you get the Great advantage. song, by the way. All right. It is a good song. Drew, how many views on Warren G's official YouTube page does Warren G featuring Nate Dogg regulate have? Uh, that's an older song, too. I'm going to say 20 million. 20 million from Andrew Barrow. Yeah. Rick Strip Jr., how many views does Warren G featuring Nate Dogg regulate have? Warren G's official. That same ballpark. You said 25? I said 20. I said 20. Oh, you said 20? I'll say 25. I think it's a little more. We are tied up 2-2. Warren G featuring Nate Dogg regulate has 226,030,722 views. White people love that song. You don't know that, Drew? No, I don't. But Gin and Juice don't have what they have. White people love the Above the Rim soundtrack. I've never seen Above the Rim, but I know the Above the Rim soundtrack. Yeah. I it's just wasn't sure soundtrack. when that got on Warren G's page, like when it wasn't on death row, which is why it's hard to right. judge that, you know? Right. Okay. So we are tied up 2-2. Rick, you go first. Drew, you get the advantage again. Rick, how many views does the official music video, it's on the Uproxx channel, but it is the official video for Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, nothing but a G-thang have. It's on the Uproxx channel. It's on the Uproxx Up channel. Yeah. And that is the home of the official video. That's the, the, this is the official music video. Right. Nothing but a G. Which, side note, is a top five hip hop song ever. Um, it is a great It is a great Official video. I'm going to say not as much as it should, but it's got to be more. It's probably in the regulate ballpark, right? Let's go, uh, let's go 175 million. 175 million from Rick Strip Jr. Andrew Barrow. How many views do you think Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, nothing but a G thing, has on the Up Rocks YouTube page official music video? 300 million. 300 million. Rick is now up three oh. to two because Drew Between there? went too high. Uh, Nothing but a G thing has seventy three million eight hundred and twelve thousand forty two views. Okay, that's still a lot, but not fucking. Wait, did we million. both go over? No, you were. If we both f- go over, doesn't? Oh, you said a hundred and how much did you say it was? Seventy three. Seventy three million. million. No, we both went over, so there's no point. Oh, you both went over. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, no yeah, points you awarded. Said, you had, what he said. Could you I mean, if you want to give me a point for being honest, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you, we're gonna. No, we're it's gonna, fine. The judges are gonna keep it in mind for future decisions. Yeah, we both went over though. Okay, so it's still two two. Still two two. Uh, Drew still has the advantage. Yeah, I'll still go first. Okay, here we go. 
Okay. Rick, how many views on Snoop Dogg's official YouTube page, Snoop Dogg TV, how many views does Murder Was the Case have? Oh, oh what a fucking, what a song. Snoop Dogg TV. It's got to be low. 25 million. All right, 25 million from Rick Strip Jr. Andrew Barrow. How many views does Snoop Dogg Murder Was the Case have on Snoop Dogg TV? Fifteen million. You both overshot it, guys. Yeah, I knew it had to be low. The case has seven million one hundred and fifteen thousand nine hundred and fifty-two. No one's checking for that song. Well, especially that was probably on the death row or something else for a long time. So, right. But figured it was low. I didn't think it'd be that low. Okay. Neither did another draw. Two two. Another draw, Rick. You're still going first, Rick. How many views? On Tupac's official YouTube page, does Dear Mama have? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. I mean, I send that to my mom every every Mother's Day, even though I don't think she ever clicks it. She definitely doesn't, but it's a nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did also get her a Mother's Day card once that was just Pac's face in the front and lyrics from the song inside. And I told her, don't worry about the, the crack fiend part. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, damn song about his mom. Two hundred and twenty-five million. Two hundred and twenty-five million from Rick Strip Jr. Andrew Barrow. What is your guess? Tupac's official YouTube page. Dear Mama. Official music video. I'm gonna say three hundred million. We both went over again. Drew leads three to two. Ooh, nice. Tupac. Hard. Dear Mama Good. has three hundred and twenty-three million. 713,984. Maybe my mom is clicking it. Someone's mom's clicking that on their uh, hip-hop head, their white boy hip-hop head (laughs) Mother's Day thought text. Great song, though. Great song. A heart emoji and a Tupac song (laughs) about a crack fiend mom. <laughs> you're not a crack oh, thank you so much. Love I'm glad you. you're thinking uh, of me today. About seriously, a crack I told theme, her. You I told her ignore the crack theme part, and I crossed out black and wrote white. So I said, "You always was a white queen, mama." <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> Your mom was, was so confused. Okay, so Drew, you go first. Rick has the advantage. All Drew, right, then. how many three, views? Two. How many views? On Dr. Dre's official YouTube page, does Dr. Dre featuring Eminem forgot about Dre have? Oh, shit, bro. Nowadays, everybody want to talk. Oh, shit. 500 million. 500 500 million. 500 million from Drew. Rick, what is your guess? I'm losing 3-2? Yeah. 500 million and one views. No points awarded. Forgot Fuck. about Dre has one hundred and fifty-four uh, million three hundred thousand. I thought people I would white people would love that shit. Nine. Nobody's checking for Forgot about white Dre. White people love that song, bro. Yeah. They're not checking for it. Damn. White people love to he, love to pretend they can Eminem rap fast. Even with Eminem being in the video, they don't like that shit. They're not checking for it. They're wow. Because white people love Eminem. Again. Drew, how they many, love that guy. How many views on the Up Rocks YouTube page? This is on the Up Rocks. 
YouTube page because it is the home of the official music video for Tupac featuring Dr. Dre, Mm -hmm. California Love. How many views does it have? One hundred fifty million. One hundred and fifty million from Andrew Barrow, Rick Strip Jr. I'm conflicted because I want to say less, but it it, it needs to be more because that's one of the best videos that's one, yeah, fucking that's a great ever, video. ever, ever. And it's one a of the great best song. conceptually and execution wise. It's one of the best fucking videos ever, and I love it. So it's got to be more. I'm gonna do the cheap way to do it again though, and say one hundred fifty million in one views. No points awarded. Fuck. 66,534,000. People need to get their people need to get their weight up. And 61. Drew, you have to go again. We only have two more prepared. Drew I hope that video 22. has more views on some other channel. Two more. All That's right. fucking literally a movie. That shit is so good. Drew, how many views on Tupac's official YouTube page does Brenda's Got a Baby have? You lead 3-2. 25 million. 25 million from Andrew Barrow. Rick Strip Jr. Your mama was a lot. It's got to be more than. No, but one of them was only like 6 million or some dumb shit. Fuck YouTube views, man. Mm -hmm. Um. Side note, I fucking hate that song. I don't know why everybody loves it. Uh, I'm gonna say it's gotta be more. Nah, nah, fuck it. One view. It's less. One view. He said one view. Watch this. Drew has officially won. Brenda's got a baby has 46,321,480 views. Mathematically, Rick, you can't win it, but let's do the last one just for fun. You guys can yep. each give me a number. We'll do the last one for fun. Drew, you've won. How many views on Dr. Dre's YouTube page does Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, and Nate Dogg the next episode have? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say that's probably 900 million. 900 million. I'll say, it. I'll say a little bit less, like 750. 497 million 38,640 right. okay. views. People like, Drew, people you like have that won shit. Drew wins. This edition, the death row edition of Tim Bob Barker. The death Insert row applause. edition. Doo, 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 We're all doo, very doo, proud doo. of you. And that's going to do it for another episode of Gold Dome Rust. Yeah. We have a friend. His name is 360. It is three and then spell S-I-X-Z-E-R-O. Type him into the internet. You will find him everywhere. Can we announce or no? We have, I was just going to do that. Do it. Um, oh, shit. Cool. Do it then. Do it. So he recently completed working on a project with another friend of the show, our friend Vander Thompson Jr., a.k.a. The Vander Show, uh, one of the most talented MCs I've ever met. What's up, Vander? They have a collaborative album that it will be coming out the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, November 23rd. It'll be available. Apple Music, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, more details to come. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to announce the name of it yet, but friends like I, I can't wait for everybody to hear it so be on the lookout and rick you're you're on it uh, maybe which is very maybe. exciting i might be and i've and i've i've heard a lot of it and i genuinely feel that it is uh actually good music regardless of any personal feelings Agreed. or relationships or anything yeah 
it's genuinely good music. So definitely check it out. We'll be reminding out. you. I can't wait. And there'll it. be more coming from that duo. Right. He also he also makes our theme song and designed Correct. our logo. Uh, mm-hmm. Drew, plug your YouTube channel. Yeah, man. Uh, Suburban Dope. I'm out here. Uh, look it up. Subscribe. Um, like. Comment. Uh, you know, the watch views are going up. I'm just trying to get monetized, man. And I just keep on dropping videos. And it's fun. And they keep getting views, so keep watching, so I can get and it's monetized. Funny. It's funny. It's <laughs> funny. It's genuinely yeah. funny and I'm stuff. Up, you know, you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm at twelve hundred subscribers now, so like let's let let's let's, let's, let's get it. Yeah, keep going. Let's get it's it, good, man. I'm Just proud keep, of you. Keep on That's going. Great. Um, do we have anything else to plug today? Um, just us. We're on the internet. There's socials. It's called Don't Rust Pod. If you care to do that kind of thing, yeah, I'm going to encourage you to get off of everything Facebook related. So follow our Instagram, but just delete your Instagram first and foremost. Follow it first, though. Um, follow it first and then delete mm-hmm. your whole Instagram. And we'll delete ours, too. We shouldn't have one to talk about that off air. Um, <laughs> go on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like the show. Give it, give it like five stars if you like it. If you feel it's a two-star show, give it two stars. And then yeah, tell us why. Say why you Absolutely. think it's two stars. That's okay. Yep. Right. If you don't like what we're doing, you can tell us that too. I don't know why I'd get this far in the episode if you didn't, but we got a fun album next week. Yeah, what do we got next yeah, week? We'll be we are discussing week. Goody Mob Soul Food. Goody Mob. Okay, Soul let's get it. Yeah, let's get it. Which that's a new. I mean, it's gonna be. I want to say that's their newish second album. I should know that, and I'm gonna sound stupid if I'm wrong. But it's early Goody Mob before CeeLo was CeeLo. Right, it's uh, I mean, right, he's right. rapping I'm on there. Pretty yeah, sure he's rapping his ass off on there. Right, right. It's one of the first uh, big Dungeon Family releases. I'm pretty sure it predates a lot of Outkast too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm actually excited for that. It's, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be a fun one. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun album. Well, join us next week. I'll bring the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> on. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 